Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. My name is Terry. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's a joy to welcome you here today as uh, we are in the middle of a message series entitled, Why Do We Do That? And uh, I'm so excited because we've gotten so many uh, emails and, and uh, correspondence with regards to the first couple weeks of the series. And um, if just catching you up, you know, we kind of wanted to take some of the, the deepest aspects of the Christian church and really go back and say, you know, the truth is there's a lot of people who come to church, a lot of people have been a part of church, and we say a lot of uh, churchy things, and many people say amen. They nod their head and they, and they, yes, absolutely, we're way to speak, Pastor. But the truth is a lot of them don't really understand everything that is associated with those terms. So two weeks ago, we unpacked what is salvation. Now, salvation is a very churchy word, but we basically answered the question, what does it truly mean? How can I inherit eternal life? What do I need to do? What can I do? What does Jesus do? And so if you're interested in the answer to that question, I encourage you to go to our website and you can watch that service in its entirety. Last week, we talked about now that that I understand what that means and I I want Jesus maybe as my Lord and Savior, then we kind of went to what next? And we talked last week about baptism and you saw Preston uh, this week and you saw him really follow in just saying yes to Jesus and and being baptized. It's an incredible, incredible uh, thing that we talked about. It's last week and today. And today we're going to unpack a very, very complicated church word. Um, It's one that is mysterious. It's one that a lot of people, even Christians who've been around a long time, don't really grasp or have their arms wrapped around. The truth be told, we're all going to probably get to heaven one day, those of us that have Jesus Lord and Savior, and we're going to look at God and say, okay, can you explain this to me because I'm really having a hard time. Um, And really the the question we're going to answer today is, what is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? We hear about it all the time. The Spirit, Holy Spirit, what does it mean? What does it do? And we're going to try to get basic. We're going to go in and I'm going to show you a lot of passages of scripture that God inspired writers to write down to describe what the Holy Spirit is, who the Holy Spirit is. And so as we walk through, um, here's my promise. My promise is hopefully you will know exactly who the Holy Spirit is, but most importantly, why we have the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit can do in and through your life. So in order to begin this, we got to start all the way back in the beginning because the Holy Spirit, believe it or not, is actually referenced all the way back to the first book of the Bible in Genesis. It actually speaks to the Holy Spirit. So we're going to do it this way. First question, what is the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit, for those of you, the first thing I would say is we have to describe the other parts of God because you might have heard the Holy Spirit is God. Well, wait a minute, Terry. I thought God is. Who's Jesus? I'm getting confused. So let's start with this. First, way back when in the book of Genesis, we have God. And I like to call God as the creator. So when I think of my heavenly father, when I think of God, I think of the creator. He's the creator of the heavens and earth. He's the creator of the universe. In fact, in Genesis 1, 1 and 2, it says this, in the beginning, God, the creator, created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And don't miss this step. The spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And so here we see the first introduction into the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God waving over the waters. In fact, if you, if you really look at the a deeper meaning of that word spirit, a deeper, deeper meaning of that word spirit is the breath of God. 
And that breath of God is known to have power. And so any time for you Bible study students, when you read the Bible and you kind of look at the Spirit and you see many times, whether it's wind associated with the Spirit, it goes back to that original meaning that it is the breath of God. So we have God the creator. But then, as you know, all the way back in Genesis, we had a problem. And I don't have time to unpack all of it. But two weeks ago, we talked about the Garden of Eden. We talked about sin entering the world, which created a problem for you and I because sin separates us from our creator, God the creator. And so God had to have a plan. And what did he do? He all of a sudden said, okay, I need to make sure that there is a savior, a savior that's going to pay the price for death and for sin and is going to restore my creation back to the creator. And so all of a sudden, on the scene comes God in the form of Jesus. And so many of you are saying, wait, Terry, wait, I thought Jesus and God were two separate. They are. But wait, Terry, I thought God and Jesus are the same. They are. And so you have God the Father, God the Creator. You have God in the form of Jesus. And I kind of, if you're getting a little confused, think of it this way. God is a purposeful God. And so God, the creator, his purpose to create man, woman, create the universe, create the earth, all powerful, mighty God. But then there's a problem and there is a need and a plan to be fulfilled. And that plan can only be filled by a savior who is God on earth known as Jesus Christ. And so Jesus comes on to the scene. And here he is onto the scene. And so for, you got God the Father, you got God the Creator, God the Son, who is Jesus Christ. And then if you go to the next slide, you've got the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is known as the Helper. And we're going to unpack these next two in just a second. And I'm going to get to Holy Spirit. But let's talk about Jesus. Jesus Christ comes onto the scene, and he's actually going to reference the Holy Spirit. Pay attention to this. Matthew chapter 311 says this. Jesus says, I or baptize water. John the Baptist says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone who is Jesus Christ is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave or carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. If you were here last week, you remember I promised that I would unpack this. Because all of a sudden, everyone said, whoa, Jesus is going to baptize us with fire? That's going to hurt. I don't want any part of it. I'm confused. Well, let me kind of let you understand exactly what John the Baptist was talking about. If you were here last week, John was there with all of his followers. He says, Jesus is coming. He's going to baptize you a different way. He's going to baptize you with what? Holy Spirit. We're going to get to it. And with fire. Well, what was John talking about? Well, John was referring to a very famous prophet. In fact, he was an Italian prophet known as Malachi or in Christian churches known as Malachi. And Malachi, that was a joke, by the way. You all are just like, what? It's it's Malachi. Malachi writes this a little while ago, and I want you to pay really close attention. Some of you are just getting it. It's okay. You'll catch on. You you get to know me a little bit better. So here comes Malachi. Malachi in uh, chapter 3, verse 2. But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like what? A blazing fire that refines metal or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. And John was talking about, here comes that one who Malachi spoke about, who is a refiner. And so right off the bat, we're starting to get a picture of who Jesus is. But more importantly, it says he will baptize you with what? The Holy Spirit 
and with fire. And so we start getting a picture into who the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit also will refine us like fire. Let me illustrate this another way. How many of you have ever seen the show Gold Rush? You ever see it in this room? Man, am I the only nerd here? I think so. Anyway, great show, Discovery Channel. It's been on for, thank you, thank you, I appreciate that. Um, but all, this show's been on for a lot of years, and so you have these, these guys from America who wanted to have a better life. They go to Alaska, the gold rush, and they start learning what it means to gold, the gold mine, and they go through a lot of uh, you know, turmoil trying to figure it out. But then ultimately, they finally, at the end of their season, they get a bunch of gold, and then they show one scene where they take that gold, and it's got like a lot of black particles in it. And I started thinking to myself, is that gold? I mean, I see the yellow stuff, but what's the black stuff? Because they seem to have it in there. And then it made sense. Those are all the impurities that are in that gold. And so what they had to do was take that, put it into a a, a smelter or whatever you call it. Those of you know a lot better than me. And all of a sudden it heats it to a temperature that is way too hot to understand. And then it begins to melt the gold impurities off of the gold. So it becomes what we know as pure gold. Well, the Holy Spirit will be inside of us. And I'm going to explain that. And its job is to refine us so that as we live our lives, it points out the impurities that we have in our life. And the goal is, is to point it out and for us to lean on our Savior so that it refines us. It's a refining process. If you're new to Christianity, that might not make sense. But those of you who've been around a little while, you're starting to get it. If you're new Hang on, because we're going to get to the Holy Spirit in a second. So Jesus Christ comes onto the scene, and there he is with John the Baptist. Here he is with everybody, and all of a sudden, he lives his life. He dies on a cross. He becomes our Savior, and at the end of it, he looks at all of his followers. And now the followers are there like, yes, Jesus, you're alive. This is awesome. You're going to stay with us, right, Jesus? Because, you know, you died, and then we scattered, and we were all freaked out, and we thought it was over. And then you rise from the dead like you said you would. I'm starting to get it. You might be God. I I think I'm getting it. And now this is going to be great because we're going to rule Jerusalem. We're going to do amazing things. This is going to be awesome. And Jesus looks at him and says, hey, guys, I'm going to be leaving. What? Where are you going? Wait a minute, you just rose from the dead. You're hanging out with us. What do you mean you're going somewhere? We're supposed to do something. Isn't this what we're supposed to do? And he said, no, 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 no. That's not my job. That's not not my job. I came to die on a cross. I came to beat death, and I did. And now you have a job. No, 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 but we can't do it without you, Jesus. I mean, Christianity, telling people, I mean, they're after us. They're going to kill us. If you leave, we can tell them, no, he rose from the dead, and they won't believe us. And so what are you going to do about it? If you leave, Christianity dies. How is the church going to survive? You've got to stay. No, I don't. I came to be death. But don't panic because I'm going to send you someone. Who? Don't send us anybody. We don't want Malachi. We want you. Don't do that. No, we're going to send you somebody. In fact, the only way that the church is going to grow to a point where two-thirds of the people on the planet believe in me is if this someone comes, because this someone is coming with power. In fact, he references, it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture that gets overlooked, and here it is in Acts 1.8. It says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, 
throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. For those of you in this room, just pause. For those of you that want to understand, like how in the world did Christianity spread at such a, a different, difficult historical moment? One answer, Holy Spirit. It's one answer. It's the Holy Spirit. Because there came a day. Now, here's the truth. All of a sudden, the disciples are there like, okay, this Holy Spirit guy, we don't know what you're talking about. Fine. See you, Jesus. Great. We're toast. And I, I can imagine they're thinking this. And then all of a sudden, a day known as Pentecost comes. And I want to show you a passage of Scripture where the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost. Take a look at this. This is Acts 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty what? windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting then what looked like flames or tongues of what fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the holy spirit and began speaking in other languages as the holy spirit gave them this ability now I will tell you, there are a bunch of denominations who focus on this passage and they argue left and right about the gift of speaking in tongues, whether it's real, whether it's not, whether it's here, whether it's not. I'm not going to access that debate. Here's what I would tell you very simply. The Holy Spirit has power and it continues to have power. The Holy Spirit can do inside of you and me things that we can't do. That's the Holy Spirit because why? The Holy Spirit is God. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The impossible becomes probable through the Holy Spirit. And so when we say, what is the Holy Spirit? Very simply, God in you, for those that have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God in you that can do the impossible that you can't. Now, to be able to reference Day of Pentecost, here you had all of Jesus' followers saying, we're toast, there's no way we can be the church, we can't spread because they're after us, they're going to kill us. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes and what does the Holy Spirit do? It shows them that they have the ability to speak in different languages than they, they don't know it, but they can speak it and people can understand it. Now, at that time, what was the greatest need facing the church? To be able to understand the good news and the message of Jesus Christ in a culture that had a lot of different languages and cultures. And so all of a sudden, all these believers saw the power of the Holy Spirit that they can do anything and they could accomplish the mission. What did Jesus tell them they were going to do? You're going to go everywhere and you're going to be my witnesses to share my story. And the Holy Spirit is going to allow you to do that. And that's exactly what you saw happen on the day of Pentecost when all of a sudden they can speak in different languages and still understand at the same time. But don't focus just on the act, focus on the reality that the power of the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to be able to accomplish it. Now, the next question that we're going to tackle is, well, that sounds awesome, Terry. How do I get the Holy Spirit? I'm a little confused. So does everybody get the Holy Spirit? I mean, if, do I just sign up? You know, is it something I sign up at church and I get a fruitcake along with it? Is that what happens? No. How do I get the Holy Spirit? I'm going to take you again in the book of Acts, which the book of Acts, by the way, just for those of you who don't know the Bible very well, the book of Acts unpacks the beginning of the church. After Jesus rises and goes to heaven, it is the work of the Holy Spirit in the church. If you want to know what the Holy Spirit really does and you want to know the, the work of the church, read the book of Acts. So here in the book of Acts, take a look at this. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins. Now, pause. If you were here last two weeks ago, what did John say? I'm going to introduce you a new teaching. You have to what? Repent of your sins. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. And then last week, what did we talk about? You need to be baptized. You need to tell others what God's done. 
in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Then, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So for everyone in this room, if you wonder, when do, what's the Holy Spirit? When do we get the Holy Spirit? When you receive Jesus Christ and finally say, I surrender, I don't want to live my life anymore. God, I, Jesus, I want you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and show me every day how to live for you. In essence, what you're doing is saying, God in me, Holy Spirit, come, you lead my life. Let me illustrate this a better way. What we're really saying is, is what it means to be filled by the Holy Spirit. In fact, in Ephesians 5.17, it says this, don't act thoughtlessly. Don't continue to sin. Don't continue to do what you want to do, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine. And by the way, those it basically means, look, don't waste time filling your things over and over and over and over with things that could be destructive. Instead, because it'll ruin your life, instead be filled with what? The Holy Spirit. So for those of you out living your life and you say, you know, I don't have Jesus and everything else, you're missing the Holy Spirit. And so let me illustrate this way. For those that are believers in Christ, here's what ends up happening. Um, when you accept Jesus Christ, what really happens is, okay, it's no longer your life, right, Terry? You say, God, I surrender. When you surrender, it means it's not my plan, not my will, not, my will, not what I want to do. It's what you want to do. And so, God, what I would like you to do is, is to come into my life, fill me, and show me how to live my life the way you'd call me to live. Now, here's the truth. In my life, I'll just speak for me. I can't speak for anyone. In my life, there's a lot of crud. I'm not perfect. There's, there's a lot of, you know, anger issues. There's a lot of, you know, resentment issues. There's a deep desire for gummy worms that are really tough to kick. Um, Reese's peanut butter cups, forget it. I'm a mess. You know, just trick-or-treating killed me because I, I had a candy tax. And every time my kid went out, he came back and he owed 10% on his candy. It's a true story. Others were with me. And it usually came in the form of Reese's peanut butter cups. And so all of a sudden, we've got all of that and, and it's rough. And so I've got all of this desires, what Terry wants, not wise choices, you know, frustrations. All this is bottled up in my heart and in my soul. And here's what the Holy Spirit would like to do. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, the Holy Spirit will do this. And let's see if it works. It didn't work in the first service. I'm just going to give you the disclaimer. We're going to see what happens. Oh, it's working. And so notice, yes, way to go, Pete. The Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit fills in, it wants to enter into your life. And it's going to do two things. It's going to refine you. It's going to point out, Terry, eating 16 bags of gummy worms in one night is not wise. You need to knock it off. You're, it's just not good. You know, taking advantage of children and buy, eating their candy, not wise. And we go, oh, I need to stop. And so it brings light to those things and begins to remove those aspects from our life when we allow God to be the leader and the Holy Spirit to be the helper in our lives then it shines the light and then it begins to allow us to move in a different way. The Holy Spirit fills and empties at the same time. A lot of us look and we say, oh, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. That means I can do what I want to do and then just God will tap me on the shoulder. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit is there to bring a light to the things that are not good and draw those out. That's called conviction. 
And the Holy Spirit convicts all of us of the things we're not doing right so that we can do what's right. Now, a lot of people say, well, Terry, okay, I get that, I get that, I get that. But what really does the Holy Spirit give us? I mean, what does the Holy Spirit really do? Well, I love it because this is the easiest question to answer because right from the writer of Galatians, he tells us what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. This is Galatians 5, 16. I want you to read it. So I say, let the Holy Spirit be the helper and guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Watch this. Don't miss it. The sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us the desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Holy Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. I'm going to come back to this in just a second. But go back one screen, Max. Go back one screen. I want you to see this. The two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out the good intentions. And here's what the writer says is, look, it's very simple. Your sinful nature, my sinful nature keeps wanting to say, but God, yeah, I know I'm, God, I'm out. And, you know, I see this person and, oh, you, you want me to say hello to them. You, yeah, no, 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 indigestion. It's, it's the taco I had. No, I'm not going to do, oh God, you know, I, I don't have time. I, you know, I, I know that I, I'm, you're telling me to stop and to, to meet this need and talk. I don't want to, God. You know, it's what I want, my schedule, my plan. And so God, not today, because God, here's the truth. You're far away. You don't really know what's going on in my life. I mean, you're far away, God. And so my plan is much better than yours um, because I have a time schedule to keep and this is exactly what's going to be a great day for me. And if I stop here, it's not going to be a great day, God. And now watch what I just did. God, your will is not as smart as mine. Your plan is not as good as mine. And what the writer basically says is, Terry, you are fighting against the Holy Spirit. You keep wanting control of your life and it's my life. It's my schedule. It's my time. It's what I want. I don't have time for this. And God says, wait a second, when you said, Jesus, I want you as Lord and Savior, you said no to your life and you said yes to mine. And my Holy Spirit is trying to direct you to my plan for your life and you keep saying no. So every day of my life, I fight the Holy Spirit. I fight it. And the writer says, it's fruitless. It's fruitless. In fact, I use the word fruitless because you don't produce fruit I just confused a whole lot of people. I'll explain in a second. You don't produce fruit when you don't follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. In fact, it speaks of the fruit of the Spirit. The writer in Galatians continues on and says, if you follow the Holy Spirit, watch what will fill your life. Take a look at this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now pause. Terry, when you stop fighting against the Holy Spirit and you listen to the Holy Spirit, then out of you, the Holy Spirit will produce love, a patience that you don't have, but I have, a faithfulness that you don't have, but I have a gentleness that you definitely don't have, but I have. There are so many people that when I sit and they come for counseling and I look at them and I say, here's, here's the biblical truth. Here's what you probably have to do in this situation according to what God says in, in accordance to his word. And I literally look at the person and say, well, Terry, you're telling me to have patience. I'm the most impatient person in the world. I can't. 
And I look at them and this is what I say. You're right. You can't. But I know someone who can. It's the Holy Spirit. Because you can't do anything. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, even the most impatient person can be patient. Even the most unloving person can show love. Now, I'm going to end with this, and, and I don't want to confuse you, but I want, if, if you love to see how everything ties together, ooh, pay really close attention. I was talking with our deacons this past Monday, and I led them through a Bible study on Monday night. And it, it kind of ties back to this scripture that you see up on the screen. And a lot of times we read the Bible and we don't understand things or like, like a sentence is thrown in there that we have no idea where the sentence came from. And we're like, hey, and it's this sentence right here. Because all of a sudden we say, oh, the Holy Spirit, great. Terry's answering our question. The Holy Spirit does this. Okay, all these yellow words, that's what it gives us. And then right after that, it says, there's no law against these things. And here's what we do in Christians. We read the Bible and we go, oh, that was nice. We have no idea what that means. We have none. We don't know what that means. It's just kind of the writer just had indigestion. He wrote it. We don't know where it came from. It just kind of threw it into the scripture. In other words, well, he didn't know where else to put it. He just slapped it on the end of this. But actually, he was very brilliant in his writing. And let me kind of go back. Because it ties back to who God is. God, the creator, Jesus, the savior, and the Holy Spirit, the helper. And I want you to pay really close attention. A long time ago, when God came onto this earth as the creator, he created the heavens and the earth. He created man and he instituted what we know as 613 laws. My, many of you think there's only 10 laws. No, there's actually 613. That God gave his people 613 laws to follow. And he said, if you want to have a right relationship with me and do everything in right standing and really, really live a life that honors me, then you have to not break 613 laws, which between you and me, I break all of them all the time. And there's no one perfect, which is why God saw a problem. And so here's what he did. He went ahead and he brought Jesus, right? He sent his son. And the purpose for the son was what? To save us. And that son came. And if you remember in scripture throughout the Bible, and those of you who don't know this, just listen up. All of a sudden they came and challenged Jesus. said, Jesus, do you know the 613 laws? And Jesus said, yep. And they said, well, what's the most important? And here's what Jesus did after a long discussion. He said, there are two commandments I give you. To love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. But what a lot of Christians don't know is Jesus actually changed that. Because at the Last Supper, Jesus Christ came into the room and he sat with his disciples and he was about to leave. And he knew that the Holy Spirit was going to come. And he said this, hey guys, before I go, you've heard of those 613 laws. You've heard of the the greatest commandments. But tonight I want to share one thing with you. I'm going to give you a new commandment. In fact, you can look in the Bible, look at scripture, look at the last supper. Jesus looks and says, today I give you a new commandment. And that new commandment goes, and I'll paraphrase something like this. Love one another as I have loved you. Loved one another as I have loved you. Now, we all look at that and go, well, that's great, Terry. No, no, no. It means, Terry, when you get frustrated with your son and you're supposed to be patient, and you lose your patience and you just justify it and say, well, you know what, I, I, he did this and this and this and this. Terry, who are you to be impatient with your son when I show you patience every day and I died for you? For some in this room, you're about ready to give up on a relationship. And, and, I'm, and again, I'm not throwing everything in the window and there's no panacea, but what I would say is for some of you who are being impatient, you might want to give up on talking to your son, talking to your daughter, or you might be frustrated and you want to walk away and slam the door shut. When Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you, it means this. Who are you to break relationship 
when I didn't break relationship with you, I came and died for you. And so Jesus came and he gave all of us one command to live our lives in such a way that Jesus lived for us. Now, here's the problem. When I said those two things, every one of us got heavy in this room. We sat back and went, that's impossible. I mean, Terry, you don't understand my situation. You want me to just go ahead and try? I can't, I can't, I can't. Terry, you want, no, it's too hard. That's why Jesus, no, it's too hard. You're right. Don't miss this. If you're falling asleep, lean in. And Jesus knew it'd be too hard. He leaves one last commandment to his followers that he knew there's no way they could do this. But what did Jesus say? He said, I'm going to send someone. And that someone has power. That Holy Spirit is your helper. That Holy Spirit has the power to do the what I want to do in your lives. When you say, I can't, the Holy Spirit says, yes, I can. And in fact, when we allow the Holy Spirit to fulfill its role as the helper, then we fulfill all of God's 613 laws, the command that he gave us. And look at this scripture. If you allow the Holy Spirit to give love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, there is no law against these things because they're fulfilled because the Holy Spirit is alive in and through you. There are many of us in this room that struggle every single day. We continue to fight against the Holy Spirit because we want what we want and we refuse to believe or allow the power of the Holy Spirit to work in us. Terry, I can't overcome. Yes, you can. Terry, there's no way that I can handle the situation. Yes, you can. It's not you. It's the Holy Spirit in you that can absolutely Accomplish, And there are people in this room that say, Terry, God will never forgive me for what I've done. Yes, he did. Because Jesus has already come and paid the price. The question is, will you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and to fulfill the plan God's called it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now in this room, I, I Lord, I sense so many people wrestling with this, Lord, and And God, it really is a testimony to belief. And the question is, do your people believe, absolutely believe in the power of the Holy Spirit? And God, Lord, there are so many times when I don't, so many times when I look and I think there's no way. And God, what I really do is I look and say, God, I don't believe you can do it. And God, who am I to doubt you when you came and rose from the dead? So Jesus, right now, I pray in this room, you would fill this place, fill the hearts of your people and may they produce the fruit of the spirit, which has the power to change this community, their family and this world. So Lord, we love you today and we bless you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.